Hello, and welcome to Gamer's Table. My name is Eric. My name is Gage. My name's Dave. I'm Brandon. My name is Chad. <laughs> and I'm Shannon. What are we talking about this week, Eric? This episode, we're going to talk about Nordic Noir and Lurking Horror. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean, Eric? Because I had to ask. I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? Am I, are we talking about we're like talking Viking about, detectives? Yes, like, Viking <laughs> detectives. No, we're talking about a town called Malice. Why are we talking yes. about that? Who would move to a town called Malice? I would totally live in a town that, called that's Malice. That's like, oh, really? I know this little forest that has this quaint little village called Deathwoods. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, let's go there. <laughs> Where'd you get married? There's oh, nothing Death wrong Woods. with moving to a town called Malice as long as it's your jam. It's right by Slaughter Creek. Yeah. <laughs> what well, being See, jam is this? Never mind. <laughs> right it's right next to Bloody Fetus Falls. They specialize in murder jam. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, community. They, they don't <laughs> so, but it's it's funny that you would t- live in a town called Murder because there is nothing more mm-hmm. black metal than living in a town called oh, Murder. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> when I was younger, I'd be all about that. I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, this is." Best. <laughs> it's only the best if you don't get murdered. That's well, yeah, that's the whole point. Like I would have well, to get murdered. You're, you're young, and so you think you're not the one who's going to get murdered. Yeah, I'm going to be the one doing the murder. If the, person, if the person who gets murdered is driving, you have a problem if you're in the passenger seat. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But that's the only time. Mm-hmm. That's the only time. <laughs> literally, the, yeah, they're literally the only situation. <laughs> so, all right, David. <laughs> town called Malice. What? What the hell? Uh, so when you you're, you've got a Kickstarter going now. Now, if you're listening yes. to this, I'm, this uh, episode's going to be released uh, pretty soon. So that way, uh, there's a little bit of time left on the Kickstarter, but it'll always be available. So give yes. me the elevator pitch on what exactly a town called Malice is. Sure, it is a story game that takes place in the genre of Nordic horror, specifically a combination of the Nordic noir tropes that you see with like the girl, the dragon tattoo, uh, fortitude, uh, all dark from Netflix is another version of that, as well as more horror and small town isolation aspects of it, such as Twin Peaks. Um, Jaws actually fits into the genre as well. And I really liked it because it was a different take on the type of story game than I had seen and it, it's something a little different than what we had done before with Spirit of 77 and uh, Bellum Hall, which is Ooh. available through drive through RPG. <laughs> Whenever I hear the word Twin Peaks, I'm on board. I was Go trying ahead. to figure out, like, you know, what this genre was. And I'm like, I'm trying to wrap my head around this, too. And then you said Jaws. And the first thing I thought was like, Jaws? What the hell? And then I started thinking about it. Like, it, it no, fits. that fits, yeah. I got it now. That that makes it the yeah. sort of lurking, looming horror. It's coming. They don't know it's coming. Or they do know it's coming. And that's worse. It's and, the horror that's just it, right out of sight. At yeah, all times. yeah. That, that yeah, totally and makes actually, sense. You know, one of the reasons why I read, <laughs> always reference Jaws is because, you know, you think about it. Yeah, it's a summer town. But. When it's no longer, you know, vacation season, you know that that town is a ghost town. There is mm-hmm. nobody that lives, you know, so there's probably of the actual people who live there, maybe, you know, 50 people tops that are there all year round. So one of the things that I really wanted to do was have that kind of, as you said, that lurking horror. Another example would be 30 days of night. Um, the thing also worked where you, really can't go and get on the highway or, or call in the uh, 
you know, the, the state police, that everybody in town has to deal with this kind of, you know, threat to them as a group. But the problem always is, is that everybody has their own baggage with one another that they also have to overcome, even though they are in the shadow of something that could destroy them all. And something like the fog would even fit into this. I was thinking about oh, the definitely. fog, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so uh, this uh, this is using the story pillar system. Now, th- this is yes. a, this a di- divergence from what, you're, what you've normally done in the past. What, what was the decision process when, you know, going with that system as opposed to what you've done in the past? And then what exactly sure. does that even mean? Uh, you know, Gage actually was, was talking about the, the Twin Peaks aspects of it. So in our history, of course, you know, when I say our, I mean monkey fun. You know, we've done lots of things that we came up with the idea of the genre before we really went into the system of what we wanted to do. I mean, we were talking about all these kinds of concepts for Spirit of 77 well before we even figured out how we were going to put it on paper or how things were going to work in terms of dice rolls and what have you. So going back to Twin Peaks, I was watching... uh the second season or the, the second series of, of Twin Peaks on Showtime when they brought everything back. I don't know if you've seen that, but I was a big fan of it, the first section. But what I found was missing in the second series was the relationships between everybody in the town. And so I didn't want to go with something that say, okay, you're going to have like a crime solving skill and you're going to have a bluff skill because that's not what these kinds of dramas are all about. They really are about the relationships that take place. A good example of that is the series The Killing, which is both a Danish series and also uh, you know, the US version. So the, the one murder actually spans across the entirety of the season and shows how everybody has to deal with a death in the town. Not unlike Twin Peaks with the death of Laura Palmer. So it doesn't really matter about your skills, but the relationships that everybody has with one another is actually what's, you know, you have to overcome. Now, uh, Jason Olson, who came up with uh, Home by Dark, he was the originator of the story pillar system. And, and Jason wanted to do something very similar to Fiasco, where it was based off of a story game, collaborative, building up the, the narrative also based off of dice pools. And I really liked what Jason had put in. Of course, I make it a lot darker than what he did because his <laughs> is actually based off of 80s kids' movies such as The Goonies, <laughs> things like that. And so I always like to say, yeah, his is the summer game and ours <laughs> is the winter game. And when I told him about it, he was all on board. He goes, yeah, definitely take Story Pillar System, take it wherever you want to go, Dave. And... You know, I'm really pleased about what, uh, how it came out in that it's the story pillar system and the fact there are three main pieces of the overall narrative, but, uh, it takes it in a different way than what he had been doing primarily with that kind of a genre. Hmm. And so I, I've not played the story pillar system. So it, are you saying like it doesn't focus on skills so much, skills, attributes, that sort of thing? Like you have your police detective and they know investigation, they know how to use a gun. And then you have, you know, your firefighter and he has first aid skills and, you know, that, well, that sort of thing. Actually, yeah. And I, that's a really good segue. So everybody at the table is playing a particular role. So Eric may be playing the, the law, you know, mm-hmm. he may be playing a sheriff and I may be playing criminal, you know, basically the guy that is connected with all the illegal activity in town. But he and I 
may, can still have a good relationship with one another. You know, we could basically have gone, you know, to high school together because that's kind of a trope that you see in small town kind of dramas where, yeah, you know, you went one way, I went another, but that doesn't mean that we hate one another. Or, you know, he could be the law and Shannon can be the uh, town official, but the two of them have a bad back history involving, you know, other sorts of things. So even though that they're technically on the same side of the law, they don't get along with one another. So even though he may, you know, be facing with, okay, I have a dead body I have to figure out, he may reach out to me as opposed to Shannon because he knows my relationship with Dave is a lot easier to be able to work with. We'll see where it goes from there. And now when I was li- listening, because I was listening to one of the plays that you did of this, now there's, mm-hmm. there's no, like you're saying, there's no skills, but the only way to really improve your role is to like bring another person in, right? Yeah, because it works off a dice pool system and I don't want to get too in the weeds with it. So <laughs> all the, you know, all the pillars, for instance, as I said, one of the pillars is the body because you've got to address the fact the body is found. So when you and I are in a scene together, we both add our dice to the pool to try to resolve you know, whatever we're trying to, you know, the problem we're trying to solve and trying to be able to find out more information about the body, what killed this person, and what also is threatening the town. Uh, another pillar, actually talking about this, this, is called the event. And, you know, I talked about Jaws. So, small town of Jaw or of Amity Island, that's what it is. They are worried about the 4th of July weekend because the 4th of July weekend is what um, keeps everybody, you know, it, it's the main revenue of the entirety of the year. So, back, you know, in January and February, they will be affected by how much money they made over 4th of July, right? So that's an actual pillar that everybody cares that it actually is successful in addition to trying to figure out the body, which threatens the event, but also feeds into the ultimate adversary which is represented by what's called the darkness hmm. it's, it's a lot different and I'm, I'm the first to admit it so yeah we had done games that were powered by the apocalypse before which were a lot more you know we're known for being very kind of pop culture kind of action this is a lot different than anything we had done before you know this was something that was different that i had written totally out of my normal wheelhouse but it was important for me to be true to the kind of spirit that uh, Nordic dramas are based on. And it seemed to be the right call to actually say, this is what I want to have happen. What game system will allow it to happen? Well, I think you made the right call on it, too, from from the sounds of it. Because I, I was thinking that, you know, you, you have a, a horror type game or a thriller or something like that. Uh, where it doesn't it's important that someone is like in your example someone is the cop and then someone is the criminal and someone is sort of the the town official and in those stories it is important to have those roles in general because it defines the connections between the the characters and that's what drives the story it isn't important that eric's character knows how to use a gun and yeah. he knows how to use it X well. And the criminal knows how to pick a lock Y well. And the town official knows how to get through the bureaucracy Z well. It, that's that's totally unimportant to what you're doing, mm-hmm. so to speak. I mean, yeah, you need sort of a, a definite – you need like the dice pulls and rolls and stuff that to get past that. But it, it, it really does sound like the important part of telling the story is – 
how the characters are connected and what the characters care about and how they interact with that. One of the things going back to uh, the Twin Peaks uh, second series that was kind of disappointing to me was as it was taking place, a lot of focus was obviously on Agent Cooper as the main protagonist. But every so often, they would have one of the original characters show up in the series just as kind of a walk-up spawn. And the character of Bobby in the original series was the high school quarterback, but he was also kind of a low-level drug dealer, sleeping with some guy's wife. And then in the second series, at the end of an episode, he walks in, and he's a cop, and he's a deputy now. And now I'm thinking, wow, this is amazing. I have no idea what. how did that happen. And it never comes up. Mm. Never find out. I mean, that's the nature of that show, right? (laughs) Right. And so I'm thinking, well, I really want, that's the kind of story I want to see. That's the kind of narrative I want to see. How did Bobby go from that to that? Mm -hmm. And it just kind of made me really realize that all those kinds of stories, you know, like the killing and, uh, and, and fortitude, which you absolutely love and, and Twin Peaks. It's really, you know, they have difficulty getting over their relationships that, and that's what really stops them from being able to address some of the bigger problems more effectively. You know, I mean, you know, you know, if, if they were all getting along on Twin Peaks, man, that show would have gone over like two hours. <laughs> yeah. That's it, you know? yeah. Well, talking about Twin Peaks specifically, I remember the creators of the show had an argument about that where right. one they of them's didn't like even want Laura Palmer's murder well, to be even solved well right. one of them did I think one of them was like yeah of course we're going to solve the murder and the other one was like what the fuck are you talking about that's not the point of the show the murder is just to get Dale Cooper here so we can look at all of these people that's the whole like mm-hmm. what you're talking about it's it's all about these relationships yeah yeah and and one of the roles actually in Malice he says bringing it back to the game <laughs> is uh is called the stranger and the stranger can be you know like agent cooper where they're there to find out a truth and nobody knows exactly what their uh their purpose is in the town because it's set up you know during character creation but it affects how everybody else relates to them you know a good uh, another example of that is you know agent cooper and twin peaks you know some people didn't trust him but somebody like audrey horn was interested in him because she saw him as a way to get out of the small town and obviously the romantic aspects of it. So it has a, a built-in kind of drama associated with adding that person into the mix. And so one person is always the stranger? Well, the, the, you can choose that or you can choose the law or you can choose the criminal. These are roles associated with town itself there's the local which is of course the person who's been there since you know for 20 30 years and might be a little nutty but you don't but they know the secrets of the overall town that most people don't i really love the idea of this game actually like i didn't know what i was getting into because i'm sorry i haven't listened to the stuff but i this sounds great this sounds like right up my alley i love noir and everything that we've been talking about is like hitting all the buttons i'm like yeah that's great oh my god yeah that's awesome well how ask this because it does sound interesting to me as well but let's say you know i've got a group and you know a a couple of people in the group are like they're totally down with the concept you know twin peaks jaw the whole concept they're like yes this is this is my jam but you have one or two people who are like i've never seen twin peaks i have no clue nordic lurking horde is there somebody following me I, i don't understand it how much like 
prep do you have to give to the people who have just no concept of the concept? Or do you think that the game lends itself to guiding them down that road? I find, you know, that different, well, actually, and there's another type of, of example is the people who are strictly into, uh, you know, one type of gameplay like D and D, um, one of the play tests I ran at a, at a convention, you know, I had about six people sit down all at once and they told me afterwards that was a D and D group. And then some of the people in that group had never played anything outside of D and D. So, but they were interested in the fact that they liked Twin Peaks. So, you know, the other side of it is that some people aren't familiar with story games or they feel like, well, I don't know about this, but they were able to develop a, a, I, I, I don't know how else to describe, but a, a flow and they embraced the fact that they realized, oh, you know what? I don't need to roll dice on this. We're going to talk this out and see what happens. And for people who aren't familiar with the setting, they take to it fairly well because they realize, okay, at the first, you know, first aspect of it, we're building the town, which was a mechanic that actually came from Bedlam Hall where everybody's kind of deciding what does the town look like? What are the major landmarks of the town? And then we describe what our relationship is to the dead person found. And then people start finding themselves being able to add the details to the overall story that feels much more comfortable than if you just said, hey, Eric, you're going to be playing an elven <laughs> archer. So right. get ready and we're going to roll dice. You know, it actually allows them to find a, uh, a point of reference that they wouldn't, you know, normally find in other games. Yeah, it makes them connected to the world, right? It makes them connected to everything. Which means yeah. you care more about everything that's well, happening. Well, and and on top of that, it there's a mystery, and yeah. I don't just mean you know somebody got shot and we don't know why. I mean yeah. that like the sort of thematic concept of the capital M mystery is going on. So if a person comes in, you know, you're playing D and D, and we're like, Eric, you're the Elven Archer, and we're gonna go save the princess from the dragon, or the, we're gonna save the dragon from the princess, and you know, boom, you are in that lane. You right. know exactly where, where to go, what to do, and how to make the game work. Yeah. But in a game like this where there, there's the mystery, if I'm running it, I don't quite want you to know where your lane is. Mm-hmm. I want my players to have that little bit of discomfort so they have to kind of yeah, You want them to like find stumble it. in the dark a little yeah. bit to kind of get there. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Dave, is there a GM? There is not specifically, although in – Many way in many settings of it, there is a facilitator for it, not unlike Fiasco. Smart. But okay. what I like is that because it's more collaborative, it makes it easier for there not to be AGM. Uh, an example of this, or, or, or a facet of it, is that it specifies very clearly that everybody gets to play. Everybody at the table gets to, to play an NPC. Because when you actually introduce your character, you also have an NPC there. So if you're like a, if you're, you know, the local law, you're the sheriff, Eric actually gets to say, okay, I have a deputy, you know, and that deputy is at the sheriff's office. So when it's a scene where it's at the office and that deputy may be there and you're in a scene with them, instead of saying the GM is going to play that person, we'll say, you know what, Shannon? You're going to be playing the, the deputy in this. And so it brings everybody into the table. Now, obviously, as the NPC, Shannon doesn't want to overtake the interactions going on between, you know, Eric and myself, but it means that everybody gets to kind of build, uh, continue building in the narrative in the story itself. 
And I really like that, you know, the fact that it keeps everybody involved as opposed to just mm-hmm. saying, well, it's our scene. You guys check your phone, whatever. And it's not going to matter, you know? Yeah, that's pretty cool, too, because then you get you get a chance to play something else while you're playing your main character. That's right. Really and you also become invested in the NPC. And the NPC that mm-hmm. you just mm-hmm. barely touched on, right? Right. Like, that's pretty cool. I like that a lot, actually. And I also really like it um, because no one knows the answer like everybody is finding out the answer to the mystery together yeah. it's not like oh i have i'm the gm and i have an answer for you and you guys just have to hope that you get the right clues mm-hmm. right. and that was right. actually my question like how much when i like when we sit down to play um and crack the book like how much is established and how much are we creating as we go is it like 100 sure. one way 90 20 Ninety twenty doesn't make a hundred, but it's okay. <laughs> Gage is always given the hundred and ten percent. Nothing with Gage. <laughs> we're, we're gonna, Gage, we're gonna talk about that while we play a little poker later. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, to answer your question, it's you know I try to make sure you know with the use of play sets where I'm you know setting the stage, but I also give suggestions, but I allow players to kind of build on the narrative because that's really what you need to do i mean when you're saying going back to uh, shannon being the official shannon gets to decide okay i know i'm a role of the official but what does that mean am i the mayor am i the city planner uh, you know what you know how does that apply and also if i'm the mayor does that mean we have an office uh, you know a, a town hall do we have just a you know, smaller office uh as the medic another role you can say okay i'm not just a straight up doctor i'm just the first aid tech you know the guy that's actually local here and i don't really have much more than you know a, you know a, a turret out there in the snow or something like that it could be like or, the school nurse or something like that yeah actually the one i always like is when people play it as a, the local vet because it's like <laughs> yeah. okay, you know the vet's got the vet office and can do all these things, but it says everybody like, oh, do we really want to go get sewn up from the vet? Well, <laughs> I, we kind of have to. Okay. And it allows there to be much more dramatic scenarios based on the flow. I would be the taxidermist. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus, dude. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> You're going to be now. <laughs> I'm going to be the elven archer. <laughs> And I'm going to be a fire engine. <laughs> Man, I can feel this game already. It's so dark. <laughs> Pretty sure it was the fire engine that did all this shit then. The tire marks of dead giveaway. <laughs> One setting that I actually wanted to add, it was something that I was playtesting very early, is that I wanted to put it in outer space. So one of the settings is actually on a mining colony where, you know, it becomes like alien where everybody's, you know, it's a combination of, uh, you know, the expanse where everybody's out there and trying to just, you know, work for a living. And then all of a sudden badness happens out there and you're alone. What's that? Uh, dark. What's that Sean Connery movie where he's like security? Outland. Yes. Outland. Yes. Yeah. Outland is amazing. Yeah. I loved Outland so much. Yeah. I read the movie. I read the book. Yeah. The, That's actually. Movie. Yeah. It's, it's a really good movie. Yeah. It was great. Hey, when you started saying in space, I was like, this is dead on like that Outland. movie. Yes, yeah. Outland is actually one of the inspirations for that particular environment. And because I think, wouldn't that have been great if Outland had been combined with Alien? Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. that have been 
That would have been honestly. Well, I remember. Going after them? I remember the first time I ever saw that movie. I thought that's where it was going, and it didn't. And I was like, I'm not disappointed. I'm just shocked that that's not yeah. where they went with it. Oh man, that 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 would be a cool like in the in the concept of the game too. Like you have such interesting characters in Outland that yeah. that really would uh, you know interconnect with each other. I mean, you have Sean yeah. Connery as the old cop, and you know he's just trying to get by in, in the face of all the corruption. Then you have the creepy go- virtual golf playing mining director guy, and yep. right, you have the gunsels and stuff. Yeah, man. So yeah, and so there's a lot. You know, as I said, when when you start describing and start putting different things in it people have found oh yeah it's just like this movie or that particular thing and i i'm really happy with the results on it because it's different than what we've done before i always say that i like doing the turning horror on its head you know bedlam hall also available through drive the car is a really good example of of my take on like you know, elder god horror, where the fact that, like, yeah, it's happening, but you really don't care because you're just trying to make sure they don't make a mess in the living room because <laughs> that's right. just how it is. And so I wanted to continue that. And so the aspects of malice is there's something out there, but if we can't work together, we're not going to succeed, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, an, I think, an element that is a little bit different than say a straight up, you know, Knights Black Agents game or something like that, where you all are on a team and you all are going to work together. And that's fine. That's a good style of game. But I like seeing the other aspects of it where, okay, yeah, we're going to go face this, you know, this terrible thing, but you know, I'm still pissed off at Eric for making a move on my wife. So, yeah, you know, yeah that's my that's, kind of game. That's, that's going to have a problem. Now so, I got a question for you. You're not going to talk about my wife, are you? No, 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 no. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so now, one of the staples of basically any horror genre is death of characters. Yeah. And how does this game handle that? Because I mean, obviously, it's not horror without death. And so, a player character dies. How does this game handle that? So one of the things that happens is that when players fail in trying to resolve things there is what's called a manifestation. So the darkness actually gets a little bit stronger, both in terms of mechanics, it gets another die added to its dice pool. But we also see more of the darkness presenting itself. And some of it is just a physical thing, but it also means that some of the NPCs can die and are marked off as, you know, found dead, you know, basically the body count. So, and that seems like, well, I may not necessarily care about that, but yeah, you do. If you've actually invested in the character and we've had somebody play it at the table, it actually is really interesting because I've seen scenarios where, you know, a character, an NPC had become the spouse of one of the player characters just as part of the development. And when that NPC was found dead, it changed how that player was handling the entirety of the game because they, you know, they now had a name to them. They had a personality a relationship and it became much more of a personal affront to them. The fact that the, you know, the darkness had taken their, their husband, it was really intense actually. So is this game, um, so like you mentioned Fiasco a couple of times, Fiasco is a sort of game where you sit down and you play through it once and you complete a story in one sitting. Is that this sort of game or is it like meant to be ongoing and long-term? So there's a couple of ways. I mean, 
dealing with the darkness as in one session is perfectly fine. But I also specify that, you know, it could be a situation like Stephen King's It, where you're dealing with it at one point, and then like a few years later, the darkness may come back because you didn't necessarily deal with it. And your relationships have changed and you have changed as a person. So those are elements that actually are, are available within the text. I, I'm I'm really interested in this game because horror is really hard to do, um, especially in like a tabletop setting. And I think that and the way this is presented, it sounds it sounds, I don't know, more invested. Like, as well, far as like, well, the, the difficult characters. thing about horror and running horror games or even playing horror games is that unlike any of any other genre of a role playing game. So much of the feel and the theme of a horror game is on the players. Yeah. In it more so, I believe, than on, say, a game master running a horror game. Yeah. Because the game master, you know, they present the situation, they present what's going on, they present a mood and attention. But like if the players aren't invested, if they're not taking it seriously, that if the players have to be afraid. You have to be willing to be yeah, afraid. You you have to yeah. be part of horror is that you will fail. It, yeah. It's that yep. you could die. It's that you will be set back. It is horror is not you are strong and you overcome. Maybe that's at the end, right? But it, that is not most of the game. Yeah. And role playing games are not really geared for that. They're no. escapism. I yeah. mean, we life is hard. We have hard lives and hard jobs and that sort of thing. And so I sit down at a table. I'm like, okay, guys, now we're going to sit down after a hard day of work. You get murdered. And we're going to we're going <laughs> to play people we're going to play people who have hard lives. And you know, that's counterintuitive. You, people play role-playing games so they could play the Elven Archer. You know, they can play the the heroic right. strong guy. And the players have to be willing to be weak. Yeah. They have to be willing to fail, to to make mistakes, and to be afraid. They have to be willing to do that. And so if you're coming into this game and making all these characters like that, you're kind of willing. But you also have to be invested. Yep. Like yes. if, if Eric's character, the, the lawman, and I'm playing, say, the criminal, but we're friends, we're rivals and friends, and we've known each other through high school, and his character dies, and I don't give a shit. That's that not a horror sense. game, right. you know. Yeah, that's just sense. a yeah. thing that happens in this random story. Yeah. And, but and that's all. I on would the also like to point out that if you're playing any game with Eric running it, your character's probably going to get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> so I, just, I, I was playing in a game out. where he murdered his own character. Yeah, he murdered his own character. <laughs> <laughs> it was only like four games in, too, and he's like, "Pop!" Like, wow. Wow. Technically, he's killed two of his own characters. Yeah. Like ballsy. Motherfucker, that is that's that, that's fucking metal. Don't uh, don't the don't. murder was inside me. Oh, <laughs> bringing it back to Twin Peaks. <laughs> um, I think I, you're I'm just absolutely building up your rep, Eric. I just want to make sure. <laughs> thank you, no thank you, thank you. That, I appreciate you know. that. Checks in the mail. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right with the whole. Uh, you have to be willing to fail, but you also have to make. I mean, the game also has to be to where it's not so obvious that you're going to fail like yeah. i think one of the i love call of cthulhu but the biggest thing about it is you're gonna fucking die it's you're, it's you're not gonna you're not gonna have a character that lives and if you do it's pretty rare like call of cthulhu skirts that line between you know uh 
you know, it's hard, it's difficult, yeah. it is a challenge, and we're going to fail too. It punishes you yes. for taking actions. For taking chances. Yeah. yeah. And that can be kind of frustrating sometimes because, like, Shane and I, the last time we played, and Eric ran it, we were like... <laughs> Everybody died. Yeah. Well, no, we were like, everybody's going to die. We're getting the fuck out of here. And the whole right. game was us trying to get the hell out of the area. Yeah. <laughs> and we couldn't because everybody was murdering each other. Like, yeah. the game literally started with just gunshots, it seemed like. And we're like, fuck, what are we even doing here? Let's get the fuck out. And Eric's a method game master. He had an actual gun. He's like, you hear gunshots. <laughs> pop, right. pop, pop. And there's like holes in the ceiling. Right. On, Eric. That's I'm, right. I'm, I'm glad like... you, you, you showed dominance. Right. Just, just <laughs> All right, everyone sit down. Yep. All right. Now Have you ever watched die. The Deer Hunter? And then I put a gun right <laughs> I was just about to say, <laughs> you don't do <laughs> You don't do like some the Jenga crap. You put one bullet in the chamber and you spin it. Let's see if you let's Eric's see if you live. Deer Hunter mechanics never quite took off and he's still fighting lawsuits. But, you know, it's a solid mechanic. <laughs> uh, we played a game that kind of, I feel like, really hits that it can be a horror game. I can't remember the name of it. It's the one, they had a zombie one and an alien one and you play yourself. Oh. Oh, end of the world. Yes, end of the world. And I think that did a very good job of like, you might be able to overcome whatever's happening, but probably not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I mean, you have to feel like you're at a disadvantage most of the time yeah. anyway. Because if you feel like you're just like, Pfft. I'm just going to beat whatever the fuck's ass it is. Like, whatever. Well, right. that's like the game I wrote, too. Like, Silent Memories. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it takes a lot of these aspects of, you know, it takes place in space. People are trapped on a ship. The ship is about to blow up. It's about to self-destruct or explode. They're on the complete wrong opposite end to make it stop exploding. And then I it's put a, a comedy. Yeah, I put a, <laughs> yeah, so right. And I put a clock on the table that's counting down. And when the clock hits zero, the ship blows up unless they've been able to stop it. And there is no, oh, well, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm going to pause the clock. There's no, well, let's talk about a plan out of oh, character. So you're talking about you're talking about a literal physical clock yes. at the actual like table. Like you've got this much time. Yeah, you have four hours. Boom. If you guys want to talk about a plan, that's coming off of your time. That's fucking cold, man. And, <laughs> and none of the <laughs> well, <God damn. laughs> and none of the players have memories. They don't know who their characters are. Yeah. And so when they do something, it's a Jenga base game. They pull a, a block, and then when every time they pull a block, I have this hat filled with scraps of paper, yeah. and on it are written random pieces of memory fragments, random things. They pull it out, and that is a memory that the tension of the moment has made pop back into their head because they just got pulled out of cryo sleep and they all have amnesia. And have you so wait a minute, wait a minute, oh, yeah. wait a minute. I so published this included, game. So you've got a Django mm -hmm. a a tower and a timer. Yes. <laughs> Sadistic as fuck. And, and the most stressful game. And, <laughs> and I'm on just top of that, game. you know, there's all kind of like alien horror menace that is throughout the ship. They got to get back to the ship to the engine room. Chad, what the fuck? And <laughs> there's, there's, there's contradictory stuff. They, like I had a player who pulled memories of, of another character. Like you have this memory about another character and it's like this nice memory. And so they start role playing. Oh, yeah. Hey, we're friends. We're cool. We're doing this. And then they pulled a memory of of this person cheated on your spouse, you know, the, oh and, and, and then suddenly the, the the character like whoop changed. Fuck you, man. This is anxiety the game. This is anxiety the game. And but on top of that, yeah, it's on top of that, sure. someone. It's a sabotage game. Yeah. Someone <laughs> sabotaged the whole thing. <laughs> of course, it is. When the tower falls the first time, that person doesn't die. 
I, I pause the timer. I say, okay, I've got to have a conversation with this person. I pull them aside and I hand them an envelope. The envelope is the truth of what happened. They regain all of their memories and all of their memories are they are the saboteur trying to kill everyone. Oh my uh, God. So when the tower goes down the first time, they find out they are the ones. They are, they are the ones who are the traitor. Well, now we can't, now we can't play. Now we can't play things a lot. No, no. Well, it's not full. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know. A little yeah. bit, yeah. Well, it sounded like a great idea, but. <laughs> yeah. Which sucks because I was looking forward to the part of it where you have to do like the flip clap, slip and slide to successfully do a physical action. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> I'd like to so play that game, Malice. actually. That sounds pretty. Would you like to play yeah, yeah. I'd like to play that game. That sounds pretty. Well, I'm going to do my own plugs at morningsky.com. All right. It won a silver inning in 2013. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Fine. you. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you can only play it once. <laughs> yeah. Well, because your heart explodes. <laughs> that's right. That, that, that sounds well, like a perfect m- game people... for my uh, deer hunter right. mechanic. Yes. Right. Most people can only play it once. Anyone listening Center to this can't play it. I, I'm, I'm actually. Pistol. I'm imagining people at the table like frantically trying to like do things before that shit explodes. Like, oh yeah, like oh my fucking god! If, don't have any fucking time for you, anything. You know who would be? Fuck am- you, Chad! I'm out of here. <laughs> you know who'd be fucking amazing to watch play that game? Jason. Jason, because he's good at Jenga. No, well, Jason, because he because he, he gets nervous. But what? Brandon, because he fucking yells at everybody. Yeah, yeah. uh, J- Jason also. So not just Jason because he gets nervous and because of his uh, Jenga skills, but also Jason because he can't concentrate for four hours he has to get up and clean clean the garage hold on imagine me and Jason in the same game me going Jason sit at the fucking table what are you doing (laughs) and then you're pounding on the table and the Jenga tower is like shaking back and forth god damn it I'm the saboteur (laughs) (laughs) that's that's totally the game though because I would get so frustrated at everybody at the table taking their time Hmm, what do I want to do what do you mean what do you (laughs) yeah that's that's, I that's think we've got our me. next AP. <laughs> uh, the AP where no one's my friend anymore. <laughs> Lose I'll your, your friend, friend Brandon. Thank you, Gage. AP. I love you. I will be legally obliged to be your friend at that point. <laughs> legally obliged. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, baby. Yeah. Thanks, Shannon. You, you really do bring out the romance. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll have those friendship rings. Though. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's paperwork involved. I don't know. Maybe share a phone bill. I don't know. Uh, I'd, I'd rather stay with you than you know go to lawyers. So go to marriage counseling and talk about the time we played that game. <laughs> That's where it all started. <laughs> they're sitting there going, "What are you two talking about?" What are you- <laughs> And if then, Chad's goddamn heart-pounding game wouldn't have ever come into my life. And then we decided to relax and get back together, and we played Mario Kart. And then she threw a blue turtle shell at me, and then, fuck it, fuck it. That's how our relationship started with Mario Kart. Yeah, that's true. Hey, if you guys can survive Mario Kart, you can survive my game. <laughs> so, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> Mario Kart was rough. <laughs> So I've been sitting here trying to think of playsets for a town called Malice. And the first thing that came up is probably obvious, probably one you've already thought of, like, is... That it's a very good for like Friday the 13th, like the original when you're actually at camp and you have like, because then you have the event of opening weekend, you have the body being the first kill and all of the people together. The second thing I thought of that made me very, very happy, even though it's lighthearted, 
is that you could probably play this with weekends at weekend at Bernie's. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yes, the body would be Bernie, right? Yeah. And yeah. the darkness would be the mobsters, right? Oh the my event god. would be getting to work well, on Monday. Okay, so yeah, you've, technically, you've you could play Home Alone with this place. <laughs> oh yeah, you're okay. trapped in the house. Dave, Dave's like, fuck. What have I done? <laughs> like I hate all of you guys. That's it. We're going with we're going with Eric's deer hunters. <laughs> Wait, hold on. What's the, the idea what's the darkness you know, in that? Eric the Viet Cong game with that dead body. It's like, who is that? It's no one you know. Just keep going. Roll with it. Roll your dice. But he's he's still moving. Don't look at him. Don't look. I think we ought to call someone. No, don't play the damn game. I think Eric's smoother than that. I think he'd be like, don't worry. He's just an art student. I paid him a hundred bucks to lay <laughs> right, still. Right. Don't worry about it. Yeah, those art students. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I yeah, do, I do. They're into choking themselves. What? <laughs> Eric's got a whole basement full of art students. Yeah. Same time next week. <laughs> Why does the art student uh, look different? Uh, yeah, Craigslist, man, Craigslist. That's right. Yeah. The, the to bring it back to the game, the thing that that gets me most excited about it though is the noir aspect of it because like I love noir and I don't feel like I get to play enough of it. Yeah. And like honestly, the first thing that I well I just started thinking about a ton of noir things like as soon as we were we started talking about this and I'm like oh god love noir yeah and like the first thing I thought you ever of was, seen Brick? Yes, I love Brick. Yes, Brick is amazing. Yes. Um, I uh, that was Ryan Johnson's first film, wasn't it? Was it? I mm-hmm. think so. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I knew he directed it. I that's think his hometown. Yeah. It's a fantastic. It's a fantastic movie. If there's if there's anybody on the planet that hasn't seen it yet, then oh you're doing a disservice because it's such a great, more modern noir. Well, and like, it, it, it's like a great introduction to noir. If you don't know yeah. what noir is, it's a great introduction because it's about high school students yep. having high school drama. But it does all the major themes of noir. It yes. does the gunsel. It does yep. the pin. It does the uh, femme fatale. Yep. It does the uh, honorable but fallen detective it mm-hmm. does it does all of the themes it it it's wonderful it's noir. so good it, it yeah. really is i mean it's and it's it, it might be a little jarring for someone who's not into noir or watch a lot of noir and know a lot of things about it because you're watching these these uh high school kids talk like it's the 1930s but mm-hmm. you know it's it's really cool i um the first thing i thought of was Broadchurch. I don't know if anybody's seen Broadchurch. No, oh, I was, Broadchurch no, is so good. And the first thing I thought of was Broadchurch. And I was like, oh my God, that would be such a great thing like for Broadchurch. Like, you could I, do I, actually, I'm really glad you bring that up because one of the things that, uh, you know, Nordic noir, because specifically that, you know, is not just based off of something where it's taking place in a Scandinavian country because a lot of BBC dramas are based mm-hmm. off of that setting, which is, yeah, yeah Broadchurch. That's it. That's really it, where everybody in the town is dealing with the body. And you've got the stranger coming in and having to work with the law. And it's exactly that kind yeah. of format. And I'm glad you, you honed in on that because that's exactly where it goes. It's it's the yeah. deep, seedy connections to everybody and everybody getting in the way of everything else. Like, I'm going to omit this little piece of information I know because I don't want you to know this one thing that really wouldn't make a big deal, but I feel like it would make a big deal. And then now you don't know this. And it just kind of it's everybody or, getting in the way of each other. Or yeah. this this piece of information looks suspicious when you don't know it. Yeah, but, it's but the not. reason I'm keeping it hidden is because I don't I'm worried about my reputation in yeah. the town or I'm I'm so worried in, about looking bad to this person or I'm kind of trying to cover up for somebody so in Broadchurch for example um, for anyone else has seen it just because I'm fascinated by like kind of abstract game mechanics and how you start to apply them um, so I won't go too crunchy but 
would the darkness in that scenario almost just be the fact that the town starts to turn on each other? Because that leads to someone committing suicide. That leads yeah. to somebody breaking into someone's house. Like, and it's the suspicion. Is that the it manifestation of crimes. the darkness? Yeah, it yeah, leads to it a lot of crimes. Yeah, those manifestations of it. And but you know, Broadchurch, of course, is you know not a, a supernatural. Or is yeah. It? Yeah. A drama. <laughs> and, I don't, those dreams were a little prophetic. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it, but that kind of you know how everybody starts turning on one another is the manifestations of the darkness taking over. Uh, a really good series uh, is a series called Fortitude, which uh, is on Amazon, and it was also a BBC series. And it's you know I hate you know I hate to say it, but yeah, Fortitude really was one of the main focuses of what I was watching to kind of get the, the feel of this. And they were dealing with, I don't want to spoil, you know, what, the, you know, what's threatening the town, but what's threatening the town in that series is absolutely terrifying and realistic where it's actually something where you go, Oh my God, does that really exist? And then you look it up going, Oh my God, that is something that exists. And it's the fact that, these types of threats to the town can be more than just say, oh, it's a vampire. Oh, it's like, you know, a serial killer. This is, you know, you can include a lot of different things. Like, you can make it a very clear biological horror where it's like, oh, yeah, there's an intelligent virus out there that's affecting us. And the, the medic knows about it or it came out of the medic facility. You know, there are ways you can do a lot of different things with it. So it's very open to interpretation. Yeah. Now I'm just thinking of the faculty. No, yeah. That's, an awesome that's such a good that's a good one. I want to do that now. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to play this game now. Can we play? Can we just stop this episode? <laughs> I'm going to be the medic and I'm going to be a taxidermist. I'm going to be an elven ranger. I'm the I'm the president of the United States. Wow. Did yeah. you like you just happen to land in right. this like nowhere town? It's right. my hometown. I just came to no, visit ca- Camp Malice instead of Camp David. Right. That's right. I've and, got eight security guards with me at all times secret service. No big yeah. deal. <laughs> and those are your NPCs. Those are my NPCs. And they're all the same anyway. So. No, they're all the same. Yeah, they're all exactly the same. <laughs> Eagle is down. Eagle is down. <laughs> Getting back to, uh, you know, mentioning Gage. So if you were playing the medic as an example, one of the things the character has is not just you adding like a medical facility or a nurse or something like that. You have what's called a personal goal. And that personal goal, is, you know, you can actually say, I'm having a scene right now where I'm just pursuing that. And the reason is that there's game mechanics to it. And if you do it, you can actually get character points, which allows you to do stuff. But specifically, personal goals aren't necessarily good or bad, they, but they are aspects to who you are. So as a medic, your goal would be protect life. So... Most, you know, in most settings, that could be a scenario where, okay, yeah, we can trust him. But if you decide as the character, no, we're going to save this creature that's killing everybody because I want to protect life. And this is something that we've never seen before. That makes you far more problematic than just saying, yeah, I'm a good guy or a bad guy. You know, the criminal, their goal is always to gain the advantage. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to screw everything up for everybody else. But whenever you're in a scene, your focus is well, how can I use this to, you know, get a little bit further in my stuff? And that may be, you know, I'm going to help everybody out because I know this will pay dividends down the line. Or it could be, you know what, I'm not going to tell everybody everything. I'm just going to use some of this information and then use it later when it's advanced, advantageous for me to share it. So it does actually have aspects to 
good and bad types of moral quandaries of how you want to play out that character. You know, there's no real good guy. There's no real bad guy, which goes back to the fact that that is kind of a Nordic noir type of setting where everybody has secrets. Everybody has sins. Yeah, makes it more. I'm going to play a really good guy, though. I'm gonna play a really good guy. <laughs> Who's the taxidermist? It, it makes it, I don't know. Yeah. It just makes it it makes it more human because I mean, and never nobody's perfect, so it makes it more grounded, really. Because if you're playing if someone who's basically a, why does he keep using art students everywhere? What is that? Because <laughs> he's trying to make one art student out of many. <laughs> Oh my god! All I can think of is human human centipede. Now that's all I can think about. I just picture like a six foot five version of Mister Filch from Harry Potter. Oh jeez, as the taxidermist. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Mister Potter. <laughs> He's six foot five, but he he hunches down so much he, he loses like six inches. Well, because he doesn't want to be intimidating. Yeah. Just gonna softball that one, man. Are you shit about losing his six? All right, we'll we'll keep going. <laughs> We're still doing phrasing. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> me. Actually, no, that was me. That was that you. Yeah, that was entirely you. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. We know exactly where you're going. <laughs> so anyway, about your you were game. Say something, Aaron. No, I was going to say um, to yeah. kind of put a pin on this. So um, thanks. We've got how, uh, a few days left in the Kickstarter for Town Called yes. Malice. And then once yes. uh, once the Kickstarter is finished and everything's uh, said and done, uh, you'll be able to find the game where? After the Kickstarter is done, we will have it still available for pre-order through Backer Kit until it's actually published. We, uh, you know, one of the things, and, and uh, kind of getting a little bit behind the scenes on it, so one of the things we always try to do when we're putting out books is have them in a state where we're relatively ready to go and so right now we're going through final edits and artwork is being finished up so we're feeling really confident but i'm not going to make a commitment to a particular month because that screws you every time but we are definitely going to have it out by the end of may (laughs) (laughs) that was not me that was not him that was not my voice that caller but no, no, we're, we're feeling really good about it, so it'll be available pre-order, and of course it'll be available through our website, monkeyfunstudios.com, as all of our fine products are, as well as Indie Press and Drive Through RPG. Yay! And Gruel Truck is on there, too. That's Yay. correct. That's Gruel right. Truck? Gruel Truck. You don't know, you've not, you've oh, not heard oh, about Gruel Truck, oh, have you? I have not. Uh, and this isn't like some weird segue sort of backdoor <laughs> plug. I legitimately have never heard of this. Uh, well, it's a sex oh, thing. It's a sex You're thing. You're the only oh, person who hasn't. My God. <laughs> <laughs> the only one who's listening to this who hasn't anyway. <laughs> Filthy booter. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, um, so I was, wait a minute, I was going to tell Gage the story, you know, when, a little bit earlier. So, when we were doing the Bedlam Hall uh, Kickstarter, and, and you know Eric and Shannon are going to laugh at this, so we realized we wanted to have a particular level towards the end. So I threw out the idea of, yeah, I'm going to make the idea, I'm going to make the game that you know the, the gamers table folks have been talking about, which is the halfling food truck idea, <laughs> because I foolishly think nobody's going to get to that level. It's not going <laughs> to happen. Seventy-two hours before our Kickstarter ends. You know, Shannon starts getting out her phone. To us. <laughs> We're still like, you know, 2K away from the number. She's like calling people, you know, 
threatening lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's got to make this game happen. And then literally within 24 hours, all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, Dave, you got to make that game. Like, Bastard. <laughs> and I'm, and I, I, I'm thankful. But on the other hand, Damn! <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't I learn? Why don't I learn? Kickstarter can screw you. <laughs> uh, we did a Kickstarter we- for our uh, convention one time, and I one of the the reward levels that you can get into was uh, a game run by one of the hosts of Fear the Boot, and so I had one on there as game run by Fear the Boot, and. I very foolishly put in there some wordings like, and every level, you get this and every level below thing. You know, it's like you get right. dice and, and that sort of thing. Oh, sure. No yeah. big deal. I didn't quite realize it to where what that meant when you actually read it was every single person on every single level can now be in my game. It was just like, <laughs> yes. it was just like, so well, like, Oh my god! I was thinking like, oh yeah, we have like four or five people. It's cool. I had a game with I believe sixteen people. Oh my god! <laughs> and it was amazing. You guys are fighting. You guys go. That's right. That's I right. had to invent an entire rule set game system for them. I also cooked for them too. They had water balloons. So sweet. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Water a tire ride. swing. He can cook, so really they won <laughs> just, you know, food from Chad, and then they also had to play a game of it. That's right. <laughs> I made jambalaya. I had wine. I had wow. vegetarian options too. Salad. I'm not surprised, yeah. and I'm sure it was fucking delicious. <laughs> did you? This is not a joke. Did you make the wines yourself? No, I, I did not make the wines myself. I'm 100 percent surprised. Yeah. No, I, 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 well, actually, I do make alcohols, but no, I don't. Yeah. Make <laughs> I make liqueur. Like I said, it wasn't a joke, actually. Yeah. I, I, we're trying out making wine right now. So when, and, and we, we timed it just right. So when the Kickstarter ends, Malice wine will be available. Oh, it's like nice. right then is when it'll age perfect. Nice. You know, well, good luck. Something for the kids. That's right. <laughs> we got to put it in juice boxes. So, and yeah. <laughs> yes, that's. It's like, hey, wine and juice boxes. That's a great idea. They already have uh, all juice boxes. Now, um, Franzi has like, just a wine and juice, juice box. <laughs> just a really big juice box. Now, That's if true. you want to watch um, a playthrough of Malice, you can. Yes. Uh, you did a charity run through for Happy Jacks, correct? Yes. And that was part of a campaign that they did for an organization called uh, Rainbow Railroad. And, and actually, turning a little bit serious for a moment. That organization helps people of uh, LGBT to be able to get out of countries where they, you know, may be killed just because of their sexual identity and orientation. And so it was raising funds for that. And I, I was really glad to be part of the, the, the fundraiser because it's one of those things that, you know, there's so many terrible things going on and, you know, RPGs, you know, you know, can either be, are either really well received or, you know, there's a new scandler going on, something, you know, of the moment. And it was one of those things where it was a positive aspect. We could a- apply something that could help people out and, and, and be a force for good. So I was really glad to be part of that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, and and all ki- and all kidding aside, you know, if that sounds like your jam or something like that, definitely check them out on, on uh, the internet for railroad.com I believe. I think it's the URL. Pulling that from the air. But yeah. And and so, like I said, you can watch the the playthrough if you're interested in kind of getting an idea yes. of how to 
how to play and and uh, the the funny thing uh, when when I watched it, uh, you were talking about how you kind of uh, got the the town building you know kind of mechanic used that with Bedlam Hall and when the, I got that as soon as you said what was the special of the day at the uh, <laughs> at the restaurant I was like oh you bastard you did you you did. <laughs> You're doing that's Bedlam Hall, you fucker. <laughs> does, does that guy know you scribbed that from him? <laughs> I, I look, look. I I won't sue me. <laughs> I wouldn't promise that. You don't know what you're gonna feel about yeah. yourself in a couple of years. Yeah. yeah, I am the new Dan. Oh, no, Dan Fogarty. No, what not Dan? Uh, John Fogarty. John Fogarty. Yeah, yeah, John so, Fogarty got sued. Because his music sounded like himself yep. <laughs> after he left Clearwater. He got sued by the owners of the Creed's Clearwater back catalog who said, yeah, he, his music sounding too much like our stuff. And he goes, but I wrote what you have. And he goes, nope, <laughs> we're going to sue you anyway. I didn't know anything That's about the- that. That sounds asinine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's absolutely. <laughs> but he went to trial and everything. And I'm like, assuming he won. He didn't win, but it definitely was something that was not just like a dismiss. It, it, wow. They actually heard the whole thing yeah. out, you know. Getting sued for, like when, yeah, go ahead. I was just like getting, yeah, getting sued for your, you know, sounding like yourself is almost as bad as suing your uh, your fan base for uh, <laughs> having a, a fan club, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But that never happens. No, mm. never ever. All right. So, uh, well, Dave, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, and as always, Let, let's get to the brass tacks of this though. So, oh, okay. I'm, oh, oh. I'm really glad we're getting down this. So, so Gen Con. Mm-hmm. So my question, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I realize there's some sort of wedding thing going on, but I want to know <laughs> who is going to Gen Con. That's important. It's a hard maybe. We we're more we're more leaning towards going than we were for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd just be Saturday though. Yeah, and that looks it, like yeah. the the only day that I'm available would be Saturday too. So, um, who knows? The th- the three of us may be driving in the same car. Yeah, yeah. So, Chad, are you going to Gen Con this year? I am not. Do you uh, want to go just for Saturday? Just for Saturday. Hey, what are you doing that Saturday? <laughs> I mean, do I have to buy a ticket, or do we just are we just showing up? I mean, or? yeah, you cheap fuck. <laughs> I mean, if, if you don't want to buy a ticket, you don't have to. If you just want to hang out in Indiana I mean, on the street, but I'm, I'm not gonna say that I did a one day Gen Con trip and didn't buy a ticket before, but. <laughs> I've totally done a one-day Gen Con trip and didn't buy a ticket. You could probably get a press pass. Like. Uh, yes, I can. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had them before. Yeah, yeah. We get, get press pass. Yeah. But and I got one. Yeah, Gage. Yeah. Is, so yeah. they give them to anybody. <laughs> yeah, they give them to Gage. Hill. Right. Gage yeah. yeah, and I are going to be hanging out with our friends <laughs> oh, um, of course my my absolute uh one of my absolute favorite stories uh about gen con pa- uh, press passes was the one time we were all standing in line for the press passes and uh the guy walks by with the tattoos on his forehead and dan standing there and he's looking at me and the guy gets in line right behind him and he goes that should have just said unemployed <laughs> 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 and the guy was standing right behind him. Oh god, <laughs> that's amazing. Dan's a pretty big guy, though. So I, I, but I don't think Dan's not really all about confrontation. So I could see how that. Yeah, maybe. He yeah, be. is he tattoo on your face? Big. Yeah. <laughs> you know no, I mean? not really. <laughs> yeah. So it's a different level. So Dave, are you running any games at Gen Con? 
Yeah, I no, he's running one for us. So just, <laughs> that's what yeah. he's. That's what he's doing. That's, he's that's reserving time. What I'm yeah. at. If you guys are there, you know, you know, you, I will like burn whatever like ticket I'm gonna have. <laughs> Dave, I will 100 percent make sure we make it just so you can run a game for us, and uh, hopefully it's this game because that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Well, the other I, game, I don't know. You would like all of his games. No, I 100 percent think I'd like all of his. Games. <laughs> you have to run one of every one. Oh yeah, games. <laughs> just spend all day Saturday running games for us. That, and you know what's the sad thing is that if you said Dave do it like alright you know <laughs> <laughs> like, like for you. yeah well you know they, they, they can go play d and <laughs> can I bring a plus one of course thank you no. <laughs> he, is, he is nice <laughs> you got, I have I have been like trying to get you know oh. a, a live session game for a while I know I, I've already said I literally just said yeah. it on mic that will 100% be there so <laughs> there you go she's it's, giving yeah. me the eyes like come on let's go like that's I not just said I, no that's not what my eyes are saying <laughs> she's saying I can't believe you just committed to this shit without talking to me <laughs> no we've talked about it actually yeah we've talked about it yeah no actually if you want I, I will have because uh, I know I took you through uh, a big trouble in little Jupiter so yes the next adventure uh, this is for the next game after Alice. Hopefully, hopefully, it will be Space 1989. Hmm. So Shannon can play her her <laughs> her scum and villainy chaplain. Her name. Yeah. What, what's the character's name? Sister Christian. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> She's she has this like crazy smile. <laughs> it was so fun. It was such a good character. <laughs> Character came armed with cigarettes. I really, yeah. <laughs> and it actually has like stats. How to use cigarettes as a weapon? I yeah. love that. So, yeah. I know for a fact. I and uh, if if I can get it focused and get it tightened down, the, the adventure. If you want to do that, and I'll probably, if not, we'll, I'll do it online. Will be uh, eighty-eight minds around forty-four women. So, <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> all right man um as always always appreciate having you on uh anytime you want to just uh you just want to chat just let me know we'll we'll have you back on uh and, 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 we, and we'll definitely have to do an online game too just uh just gotta, to show everybody and i i actually want to finish up by saying that um all kidding aside some of the jokes and everything but uh gamers table has always been very very good to uh myself into monkey fun studios you guys have always been uh champions of every game from spirit of 77 to, to this and so i always want to end you know by saying you know thank you guys very much for the support that you've provided for us over the years and you know we love you guys and we we really want to make sure that whatever you know whatever happens it's like you got we owe you for you know the solids that you do for us and for everyone around you well thanks man Aww. And right back at you. And that's not just because you've uh, you've published me before. <laughs> Is that what the kids are calling it these that's days? That's right. <laughs> X-A on an anal X-A, right? <laughs> well, you know, if I got to give it up for something, it's going to be for that. Um, <laughs> Actually, yeah. And, and, and no joking. Uh, so once uh, the campaign's done, uh, the next thing we publish will be the next double feature, which is 
one of them has been written by Mr. Eric Osley yeah. Esquire. It's, oh, I'm an Esquire. Oh, nice. Damn. Right. He's handing out Esquires, too? Right. What the fuck? That's true. Monkey Fun University. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, the terrible thing is that Eric cans this to me and he goes, Harry, hey, what do you think? That's great. And I'm going to mess it up. And <laughs> what are you doing? I wrote that. Now he said, uh, I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to rip this to shreds. I was like, ah, okay, go right ahead, man. Go right <laughs> Just ahead. Just like my life. <laughs> I taped it back together. It's fine. <laughs> Just like my life. <laughs> That's all good. So, yes, the next game, so the next adventure we do is, you know, co-written by Eric Osley, so just want to point that out. Thank you, thank you. Gage? Sure, uh, Gaming with Gage. Season 4 comes out uh, tomorrow from when we're recording this, and I haven't finished editing it, so that's what yes. I'm doing after we get off. Um, I'd also like to say, fuck off, Gamer's Table. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Love Gamer's Table. Uh, and the first thing I've ever written is still on available on DriveThruRPG, so yes. go get everything from Monkey Fun. And then, with your last dollar, go get a Savage Guide to Dinosaurs. Yes. You should. Absolutely. Because any game is better with fighting dinosaurs. That's yeah, true. Yeah. Thank you. That's right. Absolutely. I know. That's right. I'm just saying. And then we're, we're going to play a little, we're going to play Good Society, the Jane Austen game. Dinosaur. <laughs> that makes sense. That would be all about that. Like that I'm sounds amazing. That, yeah. <laughs> You've got chocolate in my peanut butter. I yeah. mean, there you go. <laughs> you, know, you know, do you want to play Blueberry Beer's Bride? Yeah, but does it involve fighting dinosaurs? Yes, it does. And now it does. <laughs> Boom. And uh, we've got Chad here. Chad from Fear the Boot. Uh, he doesn't get to make his own plug and <laughs> makes his plug for it. That when, when you're when you're fear the boot high, people do your plugs for you. Right. <laughs> Here's your dollar. Eric. It's hard to get that angle. That's right. So that was swing. So, Jen, do you want to plug? Uh, yeah. No, plug fear. your game too. Well, I mean, my games are old. They're from 2013. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, who gives oh, a shit? shit? That's added. Okay. Yeah. Morningsky.com. I wrote two games. One is called uh, Silent Memories, and the other is called Lucid. Uh, and Will it also give people you a notes. heart attack and break up <laughs> so, marriages? No. So Lucid is uh, it's based on uh, Inception, and oh. it's about lucid dreaming. And it's about the – it's it's a dread-based game, but the, the tower – is a representation of the stability of the dream. Oh, that's so cool. when the tower is collapsing yeah. or when it has a lot of holes in it, you know, it, it's like at the end of Inception, everything's kind of like blowing apart and stuff. Yeah. The Game Master represents that by looking at the tower and gauging how, you know, Swiss cheesy it looks. Oh, and wow. that's how the level of the dream getting fucked up as you go through these layers. You also have different characters character classes that do different like you have the architect and you have uh i i, I don't remember the the different that the that were in the movie you know how they, they each had different roles yeah each of the different right. roles are able to affect the dream or the tower in different ways like you can take a pull for from for somebody else if you're the architect and you can like define different things but yeah the the it, it is about going into someone's dream and stealing their ideas Chad, I feel like you you'll you never run games for me, and I'm <laughs> and you've got a 
bodies. You just want the cooking. Mm, that's right. Well, that's true, too. Uh, the cooking, <laughs> 100%, but also the games, man. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> we just play games together. That's lame. <laughs> I just haven't got a chance. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Silent Memory and is, I mean, this is from 2013. It, it's been around for a while. I mean, and D&D's from how long ago? Let's yeah. see. And, and that one, you know, I didn't really pan out, I guess, but I guess, you know, one day. The kids like it. The kids like know. it now. It might, have, it, might, it might have legs. We'll see. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I, it's not like a game based off of playing a butler. I mean, <laughs> I mean the next game, I, I mean, I could run an, a game that I haven't published yet. It's where you play inmates of a criminally, of an insane asylum for the criminally insane. Oh, God. Where every person at the table has, is actually guilty of the horrible crime that they've committed. And it's about. So it's a political game. Yeah. It, it's about exploring the sort of why the person did it so there's like a day cycle a night cycle and like the day cycle it's all group therapy and you're talking about what you did and the person who is the focus of the group therapy they are the game master for that moment and the people sitting around the table in the group therapy are the characters in their past and what you are running is their path to how they landed in the insane asylum by which I also mean they are guilty. They mm-hmm. really did do horrible things. And then there's the night cycle. Where really loud pres- sex. Maybe. But <laughs> where they escape from their cells yeah. and are trapped in the insane asylum where there is something evil going on. That they have to find it and fight it. Except they're insane and they can't tell what's real and what's not. The one setting that actually like freaks me the fuck out. Or insane sounds. And it's the it's the like idea that like insanity is part of it because you're a prisoner of your right. own mind and a prisoner of somewhere you will probably literally never leave mm-hmm. yeah. because of the way those systems are set up. And the uh, the character generation. The, 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 <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I hope you have that panted, Dave. Well, <laughs> say, write this down. So so the character generation on on that game too is I <laughs> excellent. The character generation system is the game master sitting there. And interviewing the patients. Yeah. And the patients like, oh, well, why do you think you're here? And then, you know, people are – they're all saying they, – they say different stuff. And the, the game master is not writing down their answers. The game master is writing down their interpretation of why this person's insane. It's like, oh, well, I'm here because I saved pink elephants and blah, blah, blah. Patient uh, has dementia and is – believes seeing this, but they – they don't actually have hallucinations. They are path- they're a pathological liar, yeah. and they're trying to pull one over on me. But I am able to identify it. And they say that they were here because they killed their mother, because they hated their mother, because their mother talked to them about pink elephants. When in reality, the police report said that they burned down an orphanage. Jeez. And like <laughs> I, as the game, you don't define what you did. Why are I define you laughing what you did. at that. <laughs> 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 what is wrong with you, Osley? <laughs> My God! <laughs> and Eric, yes. would, would you like to to plug your deer hunter system? Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> that's right. If there was a way that we could do that, that would be amazing. There no, is. You no, could do no. that. You could do one of those like shot no. those guns that put you a shot of alcohol in, and every time you do it, boom, you get a shot of alcohol. Oh, Fuck, no. I lost. <laughs> this is really actually. There's it, talking about this is really fucking dark, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> nah, I guess it's not that bad. <laughs> That's pretty fucking dark. No. <laughs> um, Deer Hunter, the game. Deer Hunter, the game. That's the system. <laughs> That's right. the system. The system. You can plug any setting you want into it, really. Right, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jane Austen versus, versus dinosaurs. 
Here's your point. Here's your, here's yeah. your 44 on the table. That's you can right. do the Twilight episode. Or, yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, Twilight oh, Twilight. That's right. Yeah, I don't know where we're going. With <laughs> From here to eternity. Here's your weapon. Because, <laughs> because of the kids. Yeah, those are the kids my so, mom warning about. <laughs> did you finish plugging? Are you done with plugs? Yeah. <laughs> You're bringing it back around. No. Well, yeah, I, I'm. I'm on this thing called Fear the Boot. It's it's a podcast. What? And uh, MorningSky.com. And the Skies of Glass. Uh, skies of Glass AP. Yep. Yep. And then. Shannon, rest English face. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, RestEnglishFace.com. We're at RestEnglish on Twitter, uh, and that's run by a sentient AI. We also... Oh, you do an in-character Twitter? Kind of. I love those things. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Where else are we? Uh, 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 Patreon.com, Rest right. English Haze. That's right. Uh, and, uh, and there's some sweet artwork going to be coming out uh, yes. really soon. Ooh. Yeah. Man, Probably gotta, before this episode. I gotta start no, getting I'm gonna me, uh, tonight. I gotta start getting me some plugs. What? Mm-hmm. Everybody else has got plugs, oh, man. Right. Need to write one. You need to plug something. Man. I mean, I'm on Skies and Glass, but oh, that's a, yeah. well, that's like, one of the like, best fucking APs in the world. Hey, that's just hey, like something yeah. I do. <laughs> do what I like I to do. Know, I feel like resting glitch face is better. <gasps> hey Gage, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> hey Gage, hey Gage, you're awesome. Yeah. Keep it up. I got you. Hey Shannon, <laughs> the marriage is off. Oh. <laughs> Wow. All right. Well, thanks. Off to Gen Con it is. Yeah. <laughs> Man, this is going to be a fun Gen Con. That's going to be a great four-hour car ride. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks. Thanks.